The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about them, Cowboys? Yeah! Go, Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on the break! With Ambar Garcia, Brian Broadus, Patrick Walker, and Derek Eagleton. It is Wednesday, February 28th, 2024, season 19, episode number 114. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break Life in the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Brian is on his final week of hiatus. Uh, he's out covering the uh, the Rangers out in Surprise, Arizona, but he will be back next week. But for this week, we are holding it down. we got Amber Patrick here. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. There are some, uh, some things that have been happening around the NFL scouting combine, some different things we've heard in some interviews. We're going to react to some of that stuff. And uh, then we're going to get into free agency. As we uh, mentioned last week, we're going to talk about the vast list uh, of Cowboys players that will be free agents uh, when free agency begins on the 11th, I think it is. Is that the temp- legal tampering Legal tampering period? begins Legal tampering. Right. And the actual free agency starts 14th? 13th. 13th at 4 p.m. Eastern time is when pen can meet paper. I love having a reporter on our show. It's, yeah, it's awesome. It helps. He doesn't read, but that's okay. That's a different story. We'll talk about that at a different Inside time. Inside joke, folks. Yeah, we'll talk about that later. All right, so let's, let's jump in. I do want to start, though, with uh, some of the comments that we've been hearing out of the scouting combine. We have a couple of people down there. Patrick Walker. I'm sorry, not Patrick Walker. <laughs> Nick Harris. Mind. Yeah, right. Traditionally right. Patrick Walker. But Nick, Nick, I Harris to Nick Harris and uh, Nicole uh, are out there covering the uh, scouting combine. Uh, they and a, a couple other people from the media, local media, caught up with Stephen Jones. And the first thing that he said that was interesting to me was uh, in regards to Trayvon Diggs, DeMarvion, Overshone. Uh, he said it's more realistic to recover that they recover uh, will will they will recover in time for training camp rather yes. than OTAs. But um, it's a good chance that they will not end up being on pup. It looks like they would be ready uh, for the open of training camp. Here's the question I have for you guys because obviously that's great news for the Cowboys yes, that they can get those guys back soon. Does that change anything about how you look at this offseason um, with regards to the cornerback position and the linebacker position on what you think you need to do? knowing that you'll have those guys back? Or do you look at it like, I don't even think about it as having those guys back. I have to address those positions. I think when it comes to Trayvon Diggs, you do look at it as having a guy back. Uh, I mean, because you look at what he's been able to do in the league and for the Cowboys since he's been here. So uh, I think the the attack that should happen for the cornerback core should be you're trying to obviously – get Stephon Gilmore back in the building. You make a decision on Jordan Lewis. If you lose one or both of those guys, then, yeah, you start looking into the open market to see what you can get there. Uh, I saw that Jerry Sneed just got tagged, but you have other guys like Xavier Howard if that release goes through and some other you know high-quality names that are out there. When it comes to DeMarvion Overshone, though, you have to approach it as if he's not coming back. Not to say that he isn't because he is, but I say it in the aspect of this is a rookie who was redshirted last year, hasn't taken a single regular season NFL snap, yet so not only is he recovering from a torn ACL but he also has the added uh, level of difficulty of trying to get that NFL curve behind him that learning curve shorten his learning curve so because you don't know what Overshone can be at the NFL level just yet very impressive training camp very impressive preseason before he went down against Seattle with that torn ACL but you don't know what you have there yet so you have to approach the linebacker core as if 
it, it, with that in mind. You don't know. But you do know with Trevon Diggs. The only thing that's the question mark on Diggs is how quickly can he get back to form, but you know what his top form looks like. With Overshawn, you just don't know yet. Yeah, I agree with everything you just said. My thing is, I just hope that the Cowboys don't address this as... I feel like with the Cowboys, history has shown, and we know that they usually like to take risk on people that are coming back with injury. Mm-hmm. And, and by that, I mean they trust the process and they think they're good with whatever guy that's coming off of injury, and they re- trust that. And sometimes that's, that doesn't work out. Sometimes, and we've seen it happen multiple times. So I just hope that they do go into this offseason Oh, free agency, I mean, and address some of those positions. Like he said, I totally agree. Overshawn, he's a guy that he showed us in the preseason some of the things that he can do, and we're all excited to see him back and see him on the field. But at the same time, he doesn't have that kind of experience, and we don't know. Sometimes it takes guys a whole nother season in order to get back into the form. So he still has a lot to to learn and go through. Like you said, Diggs, he's an experienced guy, but you still have to address the cornerback position. We have two key players on defense that are about to become free agents. And what does that look like for the Cowboys? So I do agree, go in, you have to address both positions, specifically linebacker. That's a huge issue right now. We still don't know what the future holds for Leighton Van Der Esch. He keeps Mm -hmm. sounding like he might be retiring Mm -hmm. and putting an end to his career because of the neck injury. But... That's a that's a big concern. So I would say go in and address both. I'll, I'll even add this to it, and 100% on all points there, Amber. Even if DeMarvion Overshown, even if you wanted to assume DeMarvion Overshown is going to be able to reach top form quickly and um, top form also indicates that he can hit the ground running and have a breakout season as a rookie. That's a great challenge to have, but it's a challenge for him nonetheless. You still need to go full steam at approaching the linebacker position in both free agency and the draft because assuming DeMarvion Overshone is everything you want him to be and DeMond Clark takes that next step, you still only have two true linebackers not named Buddy Johnson who's on a Futures Deal practice squad. Uh, so no knock to Buddy. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is when you say Buddy Johnson, a lot of fans out there probably said he was just making a like a random statement, yeah, just no, randomly no. Buddy Johnson. But there literally, <laughs> literally is a Buddy Johnson. Buddy Johnson. Yeah, there's a Buddy Johnson. And, yeah. and no knock to Buddy Johnson. Yeah, no. <laughs> but Buddy Johnson is not going to solve your linebacker problem. Yeah. You have to go into free agency and look at guys like uh, who, and we're talking expiring contracts, assuming that these contracts are not extended prior to. Asterisk, asterisk, asterisk. There you go. We are on the media side we of the, on the building, media side. not on the football so side of the building. So if you're talking about guys yeah. like Bobby Wagner, for example, these are the type of whales that you need to be entertaining to potentially add in free agency and then still understanding that if you add a whale in free agency at linebacker, you still need to attack it in the draft as well. So regardless of where you think Overshone might land or might be in 2024, you still need to go full steam at that. Trayvon Diggs in the cornerback situation, that's that's a bit different. Yeah, but you know, I think both the points you guys are making is really, I think, where it's going, which is, no matter what you think of their recovery, you still are potentially losing guys at those positions, yeah. whether it's LVE and maybe he retires, whether it's Gilmore at cornerback, whether it's Jordan Lewis right. at cornerback. You're still going to have a need uh, to, to to address those positions, most likely, even if both those guys come back completely healthy, Trayvon Diggs and uh, and and, um, and Overshone. Both of them still are going to – you're still going to need some more help. Yeah. So, so I, I think it doesn't really change it much, in my opinion. And I'm still sticking to that whole – 
quote that Jerry Jones said, going all in, all in. And you mentioned the draft. I'm like, I'm not even thinking about the draft for Mm -hmm. at least like linebacker position. We know there are a lot of very good players that are about to hopefully become free agents. Um, And and that's when I'm expecting and hoping that if they're really all in, that there is a big splash for the first time in a really long time where we see the Cowboys make that kind of move and put a lot of money. But, But it is interesting when we start talking about the other contracts that they have to make, Dak... Micah, CD, when is that going to take place and all of that? And how does the money look like for when you're trying to pay somebody else that's a huge player in the market? Well, keep in mind, being all in can be uh, the totality of what you do in free agency, going get a couple whales in free agency, but also what you do with your premium picks in the NFL draft. Yeah. So, for example, uh, a CD Lamb at 17, that's an all in pick, even though, yeah. I mean, you can look at it exactly as that. So, if, you know, this coming April, a situation like that were to happen, you know, respective to whatever player or position, that can be seen a first round pick. A top second round pick, those those types of guys are expected to come in and hit the ground running immediately. Yes, we're seeing some struggles with the transitional Mozzie, slow burn on a schoolmaker because of the, the foot issue that kept him out of training camp. But for the most part, when a team takes a player in first or second round, that's not a developmental guy. That's not a sixth or seventh rounder. We're spoiled by what spoiled by what Deron Bland has been able to do. And you've had some of these late uh, like Donovan Wilson sixth round pick turns into a dynamic starter for you. But for the most part, Going all in first, second round, depending on what position and who you're taking, you could be it could be viewed as that. It just has to work hand in hand. So the Cowboys can't go all in in free agency and then look at the draft in first round, knowing that you need a, a starting left tackle, for example. You you skip over that, knowing that you need a linebacker, you skip over that and a start starting offensive tackle, and you skip over center. Like those are three positions, for example, that if none of those happen in the first round, regardless of what you did in free agency, I'm looking at you like, what are we what are we doing here because yeah. those players should come in and, and impact you as quickly as 2024 yeah i'll hold judgment on what i think all in really means until we get past the offseason yeah. i want to see what that looks like because yeah. it can have a like you said it can have a lot of different meanings and i think we all that were listening to that wanted to hear what we wanted to hear was right. that means free agency is going to open and we're going shopping and we're going to get all the best players. Like yeah. That's what I think everybody is wanting shopping. that to be. I don't know if I think that's what – I don't know if I believe that that's what's going to actually happen. We'll see. All I need we'll is one, when one whale in free agency will convince me. Or not not fully convince me, but that will at least put me on the right track to say, okay, all right, I'm, I'm believing in what you're saying, present tense. Now let's see how you build on that with the remainder of your free agency moves, yeah. with what you do in the draft. But if they get a whale, uh, especially at linebacker, uh, in the first wave of free agency, then okay. Now okay, you, but, but, cl- okay, but you know, on. go ahead. Just, just so I'm clear, we're talking about whales, line. but you talked about our in-house whales. Mm-hmm. So yep, the, whales. are you are you accounting that, or are you saying in-house whales plus okay, an extra so whale that's from the outside? Wonderful question. I love you for asking. <laughs> the reason I, I love that is because what I want fans to understand is there are certain retentions that. I count as a whale, for example. Uh, or I count as whales as well. So if you get a big retention, let's say, for me, Donovan Wilson last year was a re-signing for yeah. the Cowboys. That was a huge reacquisition. So that counts for me. For some fans, it doesn't count because some fans only want to hear about who's coming in from outside of right. the building. You have to look at the in-house free agents as high-value targets as well because 31 other teams are going out. And they're free guys. agents at that point. Correct. Yeah. 31 other teams are bidding against you for these guys, so they're high-value. Donovan Wilson is a perfect example. So, Donovan Wilson, last year, 
that was a that's a well that got retained. What I'm saying is, in addition to that, so let's talk about this year. I don't know that there are any whales this year going into free agency outside of Dorrance Armstrong, but I don't think he's a whale. I think he's a big fish, right? You want that big fish in this building. But if you compare that against the name like Dak Prescott, who's under contract, by the way, Michael Parsons, who's under contract, by the way, CeeDee Lamb, who's under contract, by the way, technically those three aren't set to hit free agency until next year or the year after anyway, so you can't really count them as whales being retained this year. Mm-hmm. You know, the only thing you could do is look at those top three contracts and say, if I get Dak done right now, I'll save $20 million against the cap. If I get CeeDee Lamb done right now, how does this help me work on getting Micah Parsons done, you know, in a few months or next offseason? So if we were having that conversation, this conversation this time next year, then I'd say keeping Dak because you didn't, ex- if hypothetically you didn't extend him this year, next year he'd be entering free agency, keeping him massive free agency keep. Mm-hmm. But that's not today's conversation. But that's a great question, though. But but I will say, I, and I, they may not be Wells, but I, I would look at a guy like uh, Gilmore, and I would yeah, say that's an, that is an important re-sign in my opinion. Because if you don't re-sign him. You better be going out and getting That's me a well in, in, in free agency or getting a cornerback a, a high in the draft that can come in immediately play well because, as we saw last year, number one, you can't have too many cornerbacks. Yeah. You can't have too many good cornerbacks because injuries happen. But beyond that, I do think in today's NFL, having three good cornerbacks gives you an opportunity to be successful. And they didn't get the, the ability to really realize that as much last year. Uh, but can, can you imagine what it would have been like last season if you had all three of the, your, your top cornerbacks yeah. available to you? After what we saw from De- Deron Bland, I'm like, I want Gilmore back or yes. someone of his caliber. By the way, if you if you got somebody else that you want to go with younger that you think can provide that same level of play, great. But that's an important one for me. Maybe not a well, at, but a very important one. Given where he's at in his career and yeah. his age and everything, do you think that they can work out like a – Team-friendly contract. I would hope so. I mean, what what you've heard from Gilmore in in his – what he said publicly is that he wants to be here, that he enjoys being here. Um, And so from that standpoint, I would think that there's a way to do it. Now, I I don't – these whole team-friendly – I don't know if that necessarily exists anymore. I think at the end of the day, it's really more about, like, what does the player see as his value and what does the team see as his value? And if those things match up, then it works. Gilmore may be at the stage of his career where he understands, I'm not going to get a long-term deal. It's going to be a shorter-term deal. Um, I'm not going to be the top cornerback in the league. It's going to be, you know, a a good contract. There are going to probably be some incentives in there. Um, There's probably going to be some outs in there. Um, And so I think when you look at it from that standpoint, if if that all matches up to where his value of where he thinks he is, where the Cowboys thinks he is, and quite quite frankly, the other part to that, what the other 31 teams in the league thinks he is, if all that stuff matches up, then great. I think he would want to come back if he and the Cowboys see eye to eye on that. Uh, but I don't know that there's a, a team-friendly deal as much as it just is. They got to see eye to eye on what they think. The I value think what of the I consider team-friendly, quote yeah. unquote, nowadays is: um, Do I feel good about the deal? Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, that's what it really means. It's like, I, or do I feel like I'm overpaying, or you're just taking advantage of my money. You know, like, I I I just want to feel good about the deal. So that's more of how I see 
quote unquote team friendly. Yeah, deals. I, I yeah. think when it comes to a guy like Gilmore, um, he he came in and he loved the locker room right off the bat. Yeah. He loved the coaching staff right off the bat. Yes, there's been a coaching staff change as far as the coordinator and some things like that. But guess who's still here? Al Harris is still here. That's a relationship that's built that that matters. Um, we'll see what happens with the future of Jordan as well, which is a a, a similar topic. But he sees the promise Gilmore does in Deron Bland. He knows that Trevon Diggs is coming back and knows he only got a couple games with Trevon Diggs last year before you know that torn ACL. He wants to see what this secondary can look like with him playing in tandem with Trevon Diggs. That's something that he and Diggs talked about time and time again in last year's training camp. They were both excited. And keep in mind, they also have a pre-existing friendship from Trevon um, going to Diggs, uh, you know, weekly in the offseason, kind of watching film with him, asking him, how can I, Trayvon Diggs, improve, so forth and so on. So when you, you know that exists and you know that um, Stephon Gilmore has come out recently and said, I want to be back with the team, I think as long as the offer is respectable, then you don't have to outbid the other 31 teams. You just have to put it on par, on even keel with the other teams, and I think that that'll give you the leverage to get Stephon back. I think one thing that'll be interesting to note before we take our break is – I think in Washington and in Seattle, you have guys that were formerly on this coaching yes, staff uh, for this defense. I, that'll be interesting to me to see how many of these defensive players end up in Washington or Seattle. Mm -hmm. Because in both those areas, what you know about coaches, coaches like to go when they get to a new spot. They love to go and get players who understand the system mm -hmm. and what they're trying to do because they can, in effect, then be coaches on the field for them. So I, I do think that that's something we got to keep an eye on. In this instance, you got two different teams that now have people in positions of authority uh, that can can maybe try to get some of these these defensive players. And I think that'll be very interesting Look, to keep real quick, Derek, before break, if Dan Quinn tried to raid the cabinet to get all your coaches, you better believe he's going to oh, try yeah. to come and get the players. Oh, yeah. And some of them I'm okay with him taking. <laughs> yeah. Others I'm like, hey. Who are you well, okay with him taking? You want to get there? I think we're going to get there when we talk about free agency. <laughs> we'll get there. All right, we'll talk about that when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot Rowdy cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at bankofamerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Message and data rates may apply. Member FDIC. Welcome back into Dear Doctor, the show where I answer life's questions with an ice-cold can of Dr. Pepper. Sheila, let's hear from our next caller, would you? Dear Doctor, my friend supported me during a tough time, but what's the right gift that says, thanks for being a soldier to cry on? Okay, this one's easy. I say, give her a delicious Dr. Pepper. Nothing says, thanks girl, better than a one-of-a-kind soda. Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper 
is the one you deserve. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back to the break. Register now for 2024 Dallas Cowboys Youth Camps presented by Invisalign. Athletes of all skill levels ages 6 to 16 are invited to learn from the best this summer at Ford Center at the Star in Frisco. Football camps are led by former NFL players and dance camps are taught by the current Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. Register before May 17th to save $25. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash camps. Welcome back. It is the second segment of the break. It's live from you. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're talking about some uh, some statements and some news coming out of the NFL Scouting Combine that's happening all week this week. Uh, another statement that J- that Stephen Jones had that I thought was interesting. He was talking about Tyler Smith and uh, and was talking about the possibility of him moving to left tackle. And oh yeah, this segment brought to you by Blockchain.com. It's the pity for me. Yeah, I, honestly, I, I thought Chris was saying, I love this question that you're about to go. I love this idea with this conversation. I think, I about think it was to serve yeah. both purposes. <laughs> anyway, uh, here was the quote. I like he money says, better. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, the quote was, that remains to be seen. It's starting to feel like Larry Allen all over again. Tyler's got that in him, and he was talking specifically about his versatility and his ability. Where do you think Tyron, Tyler Smith belongs, and where do you think he ends up? Well, honestly, personally, at this point of his career, I know he's starting out and it's still very early, but based on everything that he has shown, I would defer more to putting him in that category. And I don't want to take him to the category of Tyron Smith or Zach Martin, but I feel that the work he's put in deserves for him to have a voice and opinion as to where he would prefer playing. Where does he feel more comfortable playing? And then I would go based on that. Because I he, I think he can play both positions, and I think he would be really good at both. But just going back to what I remember Zach Martin, when he was asked to play tackle mm-hmm. and him being like, hey, he did it. He was fine but at he it. he didn't want to. But he didn't want to. And I'm not saying, again, and, and I'm not saying because I'm maybe contradicting some of my opinions in the past where I think like you as a as a leader, as the one in charge, you have the voice to say, hey, this is where I need you and you better do it. Just do it. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm asking you to do and what we're paying you for. But at the same time, I think he's reached that level, in my opinion, to where I think he deserves to be heard and decide exactly what position. And then I would go from that point forward and decide, 
okay, what other, what's the other? Do I need to address guard or do I need to address the tackle position? First of all, I'm sitting here thinking it, it's wild that we're already in year three of Tyler Smith. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't seem Good like grief. that. Good yeah. grief. Um, okay. I feel like you keep him at left guard. Now, over the course of last season, with the carousel of injuries on the offensive line, I sat in the same seat and I said the, the easiest solution, the best solution, is to pop Tyler Smith out at left tackle whenever the absence of Tyron Smith came around. Yeah. And – that that was the plan that would have worked in that aspect. Now, you fast forward, they were hell-bent. Mike McCarthy was hell-bent on keeping Ty, Tyler Smith at left guard. Okay. Well, now you're in the offseason and you have an opportunity to address your left tackle situation. Now, what does the address mean to me? It means you bring back Tyron Smith to guarantee he's in uniform for 2024, but you also address it in the draft as well with a premium pick for the future. That's how you solve the left tackle equation and you allow Tyler Smith to remain where he is because if you truly want that Larry Allen arc I get what Steven is saying Allen on on a couple of occasions he popped out the left tackle he was dynamic as well just like Tyler was when he popped out as a rookie that being said the majority the large majority of Larry Allen's dominance occurred at left guard I think Tyler Smith can be an all pro left tackle I think he can be a hall of fame caliber left guard just like Zach Martin I think Zach Martin can be an all pro right tackle but he's a Hall of Fame right guard. Let me be clear. Are you saying you don't think he can be a Hall of Fame left tackle? I'm not saying I don't think he could be. I'm saying, to state it more correctly, he has better a better chance of being a Hall of Famer at left guard than at left tackle. Why? Let me put it that way. Strength, his anchor, his hands, his build. Um, he has enough athleticism to be dynamic, hence me saying he could be an all-pro left tackle. But Tyler Smith in a phone booth is a nightmare. He's an absolute nightmare for those interior pass rushers, for, you know, three techs, the big nose tackles, whatever the case may be. Tyler Smith has strength that many inside guys at this level don't have, let alone guys from the college ranks. When you talk about playing left tackle, when you talk about playing right tackle, strength obviously plays a, a big part of it, but not as much as footwork, hand placement, lateral ability. When you get Tyler Smith in a phone booth and you say, beat the hell out of that guy, he can do it. And if you if you need him to beat up two guys, he can beat up two guys. His presence there also helps your center. So whether your center is Tyler Beattis or someone coming in off the draft, and if it is someone coming in off the draft, guess what? Now they're young, they're a rookie, they need help. Thankfully, they might be bookended by Zach Martin and Tyler Smith. And I know those are saying, and I had a conversation with someone on Twitter yesterday, they said, well, what about T.J. Bass? I think T.J. Bass is a gamer. I think he's the future interior lineman, but not at left. That goes to a conversation that I broached with one of my um, columns this offseason. It's also time to talk about the post-Zach Martin era. I think T.J. Bass is your post-Zach Martin right guard, and that's how you have to view it. So for me, long-form way of saying I keep Tyler Smith right where he is at left guard now because you have an opportunity now to adjust left tackle so moving him out there would just be a cop-out to me it would be you telling me that oh we don't want to address left tackle we're just going to move tyler out no you no, don't do that you do that in case of emergency those times have passed because the season is over it's off season so address it that way does it change your opinion based on what's the best uh, or most talented player available in the draft depending on the position like if I don't, I haven't gone into draft. That's not my thing. 
<laughs> really. But I don't know what what it looks like right now heading into this year if there are more guards you will or have, tackles. You will have a great, without getting too deep into, into the draft just yet, you will have a fantastic opportunity, depending on how it falls, because we never know how it falls, but you have a great opportunity to get a, a future starting left tackle or a future starting center uh, with the 24th overall pick. So you're in a good spot for that. Now, again, it depends on how the thing falls because if, you know, <laughs> if somebody who's supposed to be in the top 15, and I don't want to say any name shit because I don't want to get too deep into it, drops down to 2021, 20, then you have to start entertaining maybe a slight trade up or maybe you risk it, but then you go to BPA. So you have a CD Lamb type situation, yeah. right? So Always. barring a CD yeah. right, Lamb type situation where it's that blinking light that you have to take this guy, you will have a fantastic opportunity to address left tackle. And I think the thing about it, uh, Stephen Jones even mentioned this, I think they try to get to the draft every year not having needs. Yeah. Uh, their goal is to fill their, fill their needs with free agency so that once they get to the, even if it's a stopgap type player, they want to make sure they don't have gaps when they right. get to the draft we'll so that they can it. look and get the best player available because one thing I know, this is a really, really, really good drafting yes, team. It is. Where they tend to fall short is when you can see them reaching for a specific type of player mm-hmm. or a specific position player. That's where you get into situations where you get a taco. You know, I was going to say, you don't like tacos? Well, they, they, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> they, they needed a pass rusher, and they went into that draft thinking we need oh, a pass man. rusher. And then you, you and then, by the way, I don't think it's unique to the Cowboys. I think every team, when you put yourself in a position where you go into a draft thinking, I got to get this, then what you're basically saying is when you get to that position where you're going to draft, you're basically just looking for the best player at that position, where there could be five, six players that are better players that are going to have longer careers in the NFL that you even believe are better players that you could take, you just are going to go with the lesser player because you think you need him at the position. I don't like that. At all. I think you have way more success drafting based upon the best player that's available to you. And I would even take it one step further than what you said, Amber. I, I would say you do what you need to do now. So if that means you go ahead and re-sign Tyron, whatever the case might be, and then reevaluate after the draft. So if in the draft you happen, it falls to where you got this really great guard prospect, you got this really great tackle prospect, now you can say, okay, we got this really great guard. Mm-hmm. Uh, where do we want to put him? Okay, Tyler, maybe this is a conversation where we, we may need you to move to tackle. We weren't able to get the tackle that we wanted, but we we just got we got a great guard, right? So I think that's what you do is you, you kind of – Give, cover your bases, mm-hmm. you go into the draft, you get the best players available, and then you reevaluate to decide where you need Tyler to be. Because, I, quite frankly, I, I know you're saying that, that he has a better chance at guard. I don't know that he has a better chance of getting the Hall of Fame at guard more than tackle. I think he's just a Hall of Fame-type player. And I think wherever you put him, he probably will be a Hall of Fame-type player. What else? Um, so, go ahead. No, I was going to say, what I'll say to, to Amber's first point as far as asking him, uh, anyone who's had conversations with, with Tyler Smith knows that um, – if he's presented with the question from McCarthy that says, would you rather play tackle or guard? His response is going to be as follows. Wherever you want me, coach, wherever you want me. That's the type no, of way. Tell me who you want me to yeah. beat up. So that's and that's what, what I'm saying. So that sounds great. No, no. We all have a preference. <laughs> he, at the end. You true? I know. I know he's that type of player for sure. For sure. Yeah, like he'll do what you ask him yes. to do, but we all have preferences. Okay. You can't, that's you can't, fair. I mean, that is the fact. I mean, I, I, that has to be I true. I feel like he's he's still <laughs> something that he no, prefers. I, I, 100%. I just feel like he's still in the the pleasing stage of his career. Yeah. Whereas he, yeah, congratulations on All Pro, person, by the way. Yeah. yeah, but he's not a six time All Pro. He's not the Zach Martins of the world, the Tyron Smiths of the world, where it's like you can 
when Zach was approached with playing right tackle, Zach was like, well, I'll do it, but I don't want to. Uh, and it then because Zach said he didn't want to, they held off on that as long as humanly possible, right? You, Tyler's not there yet. So, and I don't. I feel like he feels like he's, and he knows he's not there yet. So when you go to a, a young guy coming off of year two, and you know he's going to be afraid to say the wrong thing. So he's going to be like, you know, whatever you want me, coach, I'm going to play. So I, I believe that that's not just like. PR speak for him. Like as it stands, he truly is like, you want me to play tackle? Yeah, I'll play no, tackle. and he can, and he can also guard, say something like, and now that might, like, hey, I'll do whatever you need me to do. Yeah, I prefer this, but I still do that. Yeah. Now, now when he gets to year five, if by year five he's been a left guard this whole time, and then they're like, oh, we need to pop you out the left tackle. I bet at that point he'd be like, yeah, but I'm a guard. Or vice versa, if he's left tackle going yeah. through into year five, and they're like, we need to move you to guard. He's like, but I'm a tackle. So I think, you know, stripes. Like, there's levels to to being able to have that kind of input. So I think McCarthy is is in tune with where his players' preferences are. But I think if you're Tyler Smith, you just want to get out there and beat up on some guys. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's a point well taken. I do think he's earned the respect to be able to at least yeah. be a part of that conversation. And if he has a preference, let it be known. You know how it goes. Sometimes he he may not have a preference because he looks at both of them and he's like, man, I see some good things about both of them, and I don't really know. So you tell me where you want me to be, right? So who knows? At the end of the day, I think it, I agree with you. I think it's the right thing to at least include him in that conversation because it does probably going to mean a little different kind of body that he needs to have for both those position so you kind of want to get well, some some you, feedback from you this real quick. And can I, I, I take a break and then yeah, we do it we're just going to take our final break we'll come back patrick has a question for us we'll see what that is we'll be back <laughs> dallascowboys.com radio todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable and now todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour <laughs> but the good news is todd has at&t 5g that is fast reliable and secure and he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Don't put off getting your oil changed, Dallas. Take 5 Oil Change. A proud partner of the Cowboys is faster than you think. There's no appointment needed and no waiting room. Yep, you heard that correctly. Take 5 is so fast, you don't even have to get out of your car. You can take advantage of Take 5's fast, friendly, and simple service at any of their locations across the Dallas area. And remember, at Take 5, you stay in your car because they're faster than you think. Take 5, the official oil change of the Dallas Cowboys. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code Cowboys VIP. That's getjackblack.com slash cowboys with the code Cowboys VIP. They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Back to the break. Enjoy excellent dining, boutique shopping, and exciting events in the Star District in Frisco, featuring dozens of North Texas's best restaurants and shops, plus a calendar full of family-friendly events. There's always something to shop, dine in, and do in the Star District. Visit thestardistrict.com for more information. Welcome back. It is the second segment of the break. I'm sorry, final segment of the break, live from SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. We're talking about the uh, Combine and when it's uh, news coming out of the combine. Patrick, you got a question for us as we're heading into break. I do. So as we're talking about the Tyler Smith discussion, which is a great debate, by the way, uh, I'm wondering what you guys' thought process is on how does the personnel packages for rivals like the Commanders and the Philadelphia Eagles, two teams that are stacked on their defensive interior line, how does that impact your decision on where you play Tyler Smith? I personally believe, I, I don't know that I think it's necessarily stronger one place than the other. I get that they have some very strong players uh, in the interior parts of the defensive lines for all three of those teams. Mm-hmm. But I also think there's some really, really capable uh, and some of the best pass rushers in the league. You look at uh, at, at Hassan Reddick, and I know we, we were talking in the break, and obviously there's there are rumors out there maybe he won't end up being with Philly beyond this. I'll believe that when I see it. Fair. Teams don't usually let go of of – outstanding pass rushers Usually. just to let go of <laughs> you know so so who knows right i mean who knows but i i just don't see him leaving so i guess my point is i think it, it, it really every team invests in their their edge rushers so yeah you can talk about just the nfc east and yes there are some great interior tackles some, some great tackles in the nfc east there are also some really great pass rushers and you look around the league there's some really great pass rushers I need to protect my quarterback. And my question then becomes, well, which one is harder to replace? Mm -hmm. If I put him at guard, is it easy to get a tackle? If I put him at tackle, is it easier to get a guard? I think it's probably easier to find a guard that can work than it is to find a tackle that can work. So when you start talking about it from that standpoint, I I would also talk about replacement value and how hard that is to replace someone of his skill. What do you think, Amber? Well, it's a good question. Very, very interesting think approach. About, like, and, Eagles, Jordan yeah. Davis, Jalen Carter, Something Jonathan to definitely Allen, think and about. Payne in Washington. That's a lot of yeah. heat coming at you on the interior. Um, yes, totally agree with that. And very interesting. Mm-hmm. But you caught me at a moment in my life. Where, <laughs> <laughs> where, where you're getting up at 4.30 a.m. Yeah, yeah. Some things have changed. Where it's all about working on yourself and, and not the out and not worrying about the outside noise outside. Like, you know, if That's you work quality. on yourself like and that. you do what you need to do, then you should be able to take on whoever comes in front of you. So. I think it's a good point, but where my mindset is right mm-hmm. now is how can they be them, their best selves? How can the Cowboys position themselves to be the best? Where is he really going to strive or be more impactful mm-hmm. on the line? And I think also there, it's it's very difficult to predict the future and look ahead because we still don't know what other talent they'll be able to get and bring on in here. But, for example, even last year when we were talking about Tyron Smith and the times that he was out, it brought to my mind a lot of times where I'm like, man, just just move 
Tyler, yeah, move him to tackle because this is the struggle. And they ended up figuring it out. And Tyron Smith, after their new workout week-to-week regimen um, and giving him some rest, it turned out that it was very favorable for him. But right now, I'm not worried about what these other teams currently have at pass rusher. I'm worried or concerned, more concerned on what are we doing, what do we in ourselves work I know this doesn't necessarily answer your question. No, it's a great question, but in the moment, I'm just worrying about me. And, that, and that's fair. And while you're worrying about you, you also in this league have to prepare for what you're going to face. And when you're talking about it, it's an endless battle when it comes to um, divisional foes in the NFL. Whatever one, you know, team does that excels, that they excel at, the the next offseason, the other three teams will adapt to it. Right. I kind of in recency bias, I'll con, uh, convert it to the or um, compare it to the RG3 conundrum. Right. RG3 comes in. He's killing it for Washington. Uh, Cowboys were in a three, four at that point, And then they turned to a four, three to try to stop RG3. So that's just a perfect example of you have to be your best self and build up your best you know, form of yourself. But you also have to keep in mind that while you're doing that, Absolutely. who's 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 pulling up on the front lawn? Like, right. And what are their weapons? And are you prepared for the weapons that they're presenting is what I'm saying. So let me ask you this question. I, I understand the NFC East, and we've talked about that, and I've talked about some of the pass rushers there. Kayvon Thibodeau is another guy I'll throw out there in mm-hmm. New York. That's a really good pass oh, yeah. rusher. Oh, yeah. that, that being said, when you get outside the NFC East, and let's also think about what the biggest challenge is for the Cowboys right now. It ain't necessarily the regular season. It's the postseason. Mm-hmm. So when you start thinking about the teams that the Cowboys are going to face in the postseason, have you considered Aiden Hutchinson in Detroit? Have you considered Nick Bosa in San Francisco? You start looking around that group of teams that you think are probably the teams that are going to be the hardest teams for you to get past. I don't know if you want to talk about Green Bay. Maybe you need to after yeah, what we I saw, right? But the point is, the point is that there are some edge rushers that you're having to deal with that are some of the best pass rushers in the NFL. I don't know that you can make the argument there is going to be a harder challenge trying to deal with the defensive tackles that you're going to have to face than there are the the pass rushers in the NFL. Well, see, and and you're not wrong, and that's why, you know, I think we're in agreement in wanting Tyron Smith back for at least another year. Mm -hmm. So Tyron Smith, when he's on the field, he showed you last year that he— I'm still thinking. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, don't don't. I'm still considering. For, okay, for those of us that are <laughs> who've already the, made our yeah, decision. for those of us that are on the 77 <laughs> remains in Dallas train, um, you when he's on the field, he show you that he can he can play at an All Pro caliber, a Pro yeah. Bowl level. Uh, Tyron Smith can. So that's why you want Tyron Smith back in the building, and you go and you draft a future as well. But. Mike, and that's how you handle the Aiden Hutchinsons of the world, the Nick Bosa's of the world, and then you hope that Terrence Steele, having more time removed in a full off season, another full off season from the injury, that he's back at form. But for me, as much as it, it matters more when you're going against divisional rivals who clearly have stacked the deck on the defensive interior so that they can penetrate in the middle and pause and break up your pocket. <laughs> that being said, that being said. Even outside of the division, if you look around the league, the general football science is that 
if you protect first and foremost, you have to protect the interior, absolutely, right of your of your Very offensive important. pocket, yep. and then you work outward and you look at your edge guys and say, okay, now handle those guys. So because that's the formula for success on a week in the week, week out basis, the question then becomes, and again, I've given roses to TJ Bass as an example. I think that he's a good up and comer. Brock Hoffman a good up and comer. My question would be if you moved Tyler Smith to left tackle. Can, can, okay, Tyler Smith can handle Aiden Hutchinson's and the Nick Bosa's of the world and Kayvon Thibodeau's. 100% he can. T.J. Bass has shown that he can be a capable starter, but we haven't seen T.J. Bass consistently go up against the Jordan Davises, the Jalen Carters, the you know Jonathan Allens, the Paynes of the world. So in, until you have that data, you don't have that data. So what we do know is that Tyler Smith can – and he, ha- he did it last year. He basically made Jalen Carter a non-story twice and before Jalen Carter faced off against Tyler Smith he was oh this is a potential rookie of the year look at the campaign he's having and Tyler Smith was like I don't care about any of that that's why I want Tyler Smith to remain at left goal but I also think that, that look at how many times last season we had See, what, we were why looking you make at, me do that Jalen why you make me do that <laughs> we were looking at tackles last <sighs> year dogs. and there were a number of times when it was like okay Ty, Tyron is going to be out and man, I don't can Chuma do it? Ooh, I don't know. Well, no, we're not. Like, yeah. No, no. My point, my point is, how much harder was it for us to replace Tyron Smith than it was when Tyler was out? We found some guards. We were like, huh, that guy can play a little bit. Okay, mm-hmm. I think it's easier to find replacement guards than I think it is to find replacement tackles. That's my point. I just think the replacement value, and that's why if you look at Blind if you look at specifically, well, yeah, but if you look at the money and how the money's spent, that's why teams pay so much more for their left tackle than right. they do yes, for the left guard is because yeah. they think the replacement value on a left guard is not as high. You can go and find a left guard a lot easier than you can find a left tackle. And that's my whole point is if you've got a premium guy, and 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 this is the key part, he can and is willing to devote himself to playing tackle. Right then, I think it's a no-brainer to me. I would say put the guy at tackle because there's more value there, and you know you're going to get something that that's harder to find, and you can replace the guard position a lot easier. Well, also, at guard, I mean, you're in the center, you're in the middle of two people, so you can always potentially get help from right. the center right. or the tackle to whoever is kind of still struggling and not being at their full potential there. But it's a, it's a definitely an interesting. Concept. Also, keep in mind, run game too. Run game as well. Who's, yes. Who, who fair. Up, well, that's who, all who, across. No, no, it is all across. But when you're talking about Tyler at tackle versus Tyler yeah. at guard, you're really talking about, okay, how does this impact the rushing attack as well? Because there's there's a lot of things you can do with a really good guard. Not only can you go up, you can run up the middle mm-hmm. a lot more, but you can also pull that guard. You can do some stuff yep. on the outside. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more you can do with a, a good running, uh, run-blocking guard than maybe even what you right. can do with a run-blocking tackle. So, so, yeah, I agree with that. I think there's some value to that. But, look, man, you know, I really wish I really wish there was an NFL world where you could slide offensive linemen around during a game based upon different alignments no, and things you want to do. The same looks. thing you do with, with, with all the other <laughs> positions. I think that would be just fun yeah, would to, be see, cool. to see yeah, teams cool kind of adapt to that. I don't think it'll ever get there, but I do think it would be cool. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back uh, next week. We didn't get to the free agency talk. We will get to that next week uh, because free agency sure. will be right around the corner. So we will have to get to free agency next Quiet, week. We'll spend a little time with some of the Cowboys free agents. Hold on, and then, hold on, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> 
no, no, no. What? Don't end the show. We're not ending with that. I am not a tyrant hater. It was a joke. Hold Did you say no. that? Yes. Yeah, I was like tyrant yeah, hater. So let, uh, let, no, yeah. that's how rumors start. It is. And, and, oh, and, then, and then from here on out, all the fans will be like, well, you know, Amber hates tyrant. No. You know, no. of course she hates tyrant. No. It's, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, it's very clearly a joke. <laughs> if you know anything about Amber, she, just like the rest of us, we love tyrant, um, Hall of Famer, future Ring of Honor guy. She just is on the line, on the fence right now, which is fair given the point of his career he's at. So let's let's be clear. It is fair for anyone who's wondering if they still want him back or not. It's fair to have that conversation. There are some of us who are ready to go ahead and make the commitment. Both sides of the argument have uh, have substance. But, but we'll I get to that next joking. week. We'll get joking. to that next week when we talk about free agency because I do want to have that Relax. conversation. And I don't I don't know. I'm actually kind of in between you guys. So we'll have. We'll well, she's have a been really up since four thirty, so she's a little spicy right now. <laughs> Got to get used to that. Yeah, whole she's a little spicy. Me, you'll right get used now. to it. You'll get used to it. I right, appreciate you guys joining <laughs> yeah. us. Till next week for Patrick Walker and Amber Garcia. I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been the break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!